0: I believe in the communion of saints. We say that all the time as part of the Apostles' Creed. It rolls off the tongue easily in church. It sounds pious and holy, but what do we mean when we say it? What are we actually saying that we believe? I don't know just what it means to you personally, But I do know that in popular usage to call someone a saint means to set that person apart as really, especially, exceptionally good, someone who is kind and generous and patient, particularly with people it's difficult to be kind and generous and patient with. I don't know how she does it, we say. She must be a saint. In popular usage, saints are sort of those select few out there, the ones who manage almost inhuman feats of goodness. The church sometimes has its own versions of these sorts of saints, of course. The St. Martins and St. Teresa's and St. Francis's, the few who are canonized as exceptional examples of faith, held up for us to learn from, to emulate. So is that what we mean? when we say we believe in the communion of saints. We believe in a sort of upper echelon of the morally and spiritually advanced, an inner circle of a few special haloed people hanging out in communion with each other or maybe with us. It is worth remembering that the word saints shows up lots in the letters of the New Testament, and it does not refer to some tiny elite group there. Paul frequently addresses his letters to the saints, the saints in Rome or the saints in Philippi. Literally, it means holy people, people set apart. He even writes to the saints in Corinth. And if you can remember anything about the letters that he wrote to that community, you know that the folks in Corinth were not exactly polished examples of piety. They were fighting and arguing and ignoring one another's needs and messing up their communal meals And yet Paul called them saints. That's because for Paul, if you have been called by Christ, that's what you are. Because Christ has claimed you as his own, you are set apart. You are part of the family. You are holy. You are a saint. The saints in Rome doesn't refer to just one or two model Christians, but to the whole messy community there. The saints in Geneva doesn't just refer to a couple of us who happen to be particularly well-behaved tonight, but to you, and to the person who's sitting next to you, and to everybody gathered here and elsewhere around Christ. So when we say, I believe in the communion of saints, maybe we mean something like this. I believe God's people are made into a holy community, and I believe I am a part of it. We are celebrating All Saints Sunday today. This is, of course, a day for remembering those saints in our lives, people who have pointed the way for us, people who have gone before us in faith. At the same time, it's a day for remembering our place in that great community that spans time and space of all of God's people. It's a time for remembering that we too, just as we are right now, with our faults and our gifts and our limitations and our dreams, We too are part of the communion of saints. We have seats at that unimaginably large table. With that expansive view of sainthood in mind, I think the reading we heard from the Gospel of Luke, his version of the Beatitudes, might seem like a rather strange reading for All Saints Sunday. I mean, for this day that is meant to be all-inclusive, drawing in and embracing all of God's beloved people, This seems like a text that draws some pretty definite lines. Blessed are you who are poor, woe to you who are rich. Blessed are you who are hungry, woe to you who are full. Blessed are you who weep, and woe to you who are laughing. The more familiar and somewhat gentler version of the Beatitudes from the Gospel of Matthew only includes blessings, but Luke's version has those woes there. It seems like a text that divides up the world pretty neatly into the good and the bad, the saints and the sinners, the holy and the unholy, the blessed and the woeful. It might sound like that, but biblical scholars are quick to point out that Jesus isn't making such definite pronouncements here. He's not forever separating the saved from the damned. He's doing something far more interesting and far more life-giving than that. Blessed is a tricky word. It's been used so much and in so many ways. Somebody has been blessed with really good teeth or blessed with really good weather on their vacation. We basically use it interchangeably with lucky, right? But the Greek word there does not mean lucky. It can mean happy, but maybe even better, it can mean satisfied. And Jesus names these unlikely people, those who are poor or hungry, or singled out, or weeping as satisfied. Not because the things that they experience are themselves good or satisfying, but because God has special concern for them. God holds them close. God doesn't forget them. God means to satisfy their needs, to turn their mourning to dancing. They are satisfied in the deepest sort of way because they're held in God's promise. They are of concern to God. Blessed is a tricky word, and woe is even trickier. The opposite of blessing in English, of course, is cursed. So we might hear these woe statements that way. Cursed are the rich. Cursed are those who laugh. But the word used there doesn't mean cursed or damned. It's actually an exclamation in Greek. Biblical scholar Matt Skinner says we might best translate it as yikes or. Look out. Look out, you who are rich. Look out, you who are full. Look out, you who are laughing. Those aren't pronouncements of condemnation forever. And I suppose I'm glad about that, since by the standards of first century Galilean peasants, I am most certainly rich and full. But they don't let us off the hook either. They are statements certainly meant to get the attention of people like me, people who are basically well-off. Watch out, Jesus says, to those of us with enough to live comfortably. I don't think he means watch out because if you are too comfortable, you're getting kicked out of the club. But I do think he means there is real danger in being at ease and being full all the time. We spend so much of our time thinking life is about acquiring things money and possessions and honor and titles and esteem. We think of these sorts of things as blessings, and we imagine that the more of them we accumulate, the happier and more satisfied we are going to be. But Jesus has always had a different vision for what life is about it's about loving God and loving your neighbor. It's about looking out for those on the margins. It is about ensuring that the hungry are fed and the strangers are welcomed. It's about seeking justice for the oppressed. It is about seeing to it that everyone has enough. So when you're too busy acquiring stuff to be concerned about those who are in need, look out. When you're too full to be bothered with those who are hungry, look out. Look out because you are bound to miss the true blessings of life, the blessings of community, of solidarity, of sharing. Look out because you are bound to miss the joy of life in the company of Jesus and those that he gathers around him. You see what Jesus is doing here? He's not drawing lines between those who are worthy and unworthy. He's describing the way of life that comes from being in his presence. He's describing the values of the community of saints. We are part of that community, friends. It's a community that stretches far and wide, that holds us and those who've gone before and who knows who comes beyond. It's a community, a communion, where we are constantly challenged to look beyond ourselves to the needs of others, to stand in solidarity with those on the edge to be shaped and formed in the upside-down ways of Jesus. In the middle of that passage that we heard read just a bit ago from the letter to the Ephesians, there is an astoundingly beautiful blessing. I want to read it for you one more time in closing tonight. And I want to invite you to hear this now not as some distant old theological text, but as a word of grace spoken over you right now. I believe God's people are made into a holy community, and I believe we are each part of it. May we all come to know the hope and the blessed way of life to which we have been called. Thanks be to God. Amen.